Welcome to another episode of the Lost in the Game podcast. As always, I'm your host, Antoine. This episode of the podcast, we have a very special guest with us. We have uh, recently retired Philip Johnson. Philip, welcome. Thank you. It's really good to be here. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm always uh, extremely appreciative of people, you know, giving away their time and sitting down and talking with me for a few. Sticking with the theme of time, you've recently retired after 21 seasons. And yep. I'm sitting here right now and I'm reading through uh, your your retirement. The main thing that kind of stuck out to me was the uh, 10,000 plus hours of training that you've done. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but there's a theory uh, popularized by uh, Malcolm Gladwell. And it mm-hmm. states that uh, anybody can achieve uh, mastery in a, in a craft as long as they um, spend 10,000 hours perfecting that craft. So do you feel like you've perfected? the craft of American football in time? Oh, uh, good, qu- good question. Um, something that a wise man would say is that the more you know, the more you know that you don't know. Uh, <laughs> and I would say <laughs> football is one of those rocks, you know, the, the more you flip, the more, the more rocks you find. Yeah. Um, so I would say I'm far from uh, perfect. Uh, the, the flaws of your, both your knowledge base and also your skill level is getting more and more obvious in, in any skill, I, I would say. Uh, so, and football is no ex- exception to that rule. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a long investment. And I, for sure, if you want to master the craft, uh, I would definitely say that it, it takes uh, takes uh, more more work for some than for others. It's like, it, it all depends on your on your talent level as well. I, I'm a strong believer that uh, many people, most people can achieve whatever, they want as long as they're ready to sacrifice the the time needed to accomplish that. That's a very important last sentence to that is the sacrifice. I think people naturally want to be good and gifted in the sport, but not a lot of people are are willing to sacrifice their time and as much time as it needs to be great, if that's what you're seeking. Exactly. And it's not the, I mean, the things that makes you value your choices, it's not, it's not the choices itself and the struggle is the, it's a sacrifice that you made uh, because if you have no, if you never sacrificed anything to achieve what you wanted, then you're not going to appreciate what you get. Exactly. So, um, how early on did you realize that you were willing to sacrifice as much as you have um, over the years? Uh, when it, when it comes to football, the first time I I really really realized uh, that this is something I wanna put my heart in and and just give it all was uh, after my my first year of of actually playing professional structured football, which was 2004, when we won the Swedish championship in was that what was then U16. It okay. doesn't it doesn't exist anymore. It's, uh, <laughs> right now it's U15, U17. Back then it wasn't it wasn't that many levels of youth football. It was U15, U16, and then U, some U19, then just seniors. Okay. But yeah. After that year, I realized there is a, there is a thing called national team apparently, and then back then we had district teams. Mm-hmm. So I kind of saw that there were so many levels to this. After where I was at uh, my first my first couple of years playing, so 
I had a pure, I had a clear goal what I wanted to do for the next, uh, the next five years at least. So that's when my actual journey started of, of structured, goal-oriented uh, playing football. I came from hockey before, and hockey was fun and all, but I didn't really feel the drive. Even though I was really good at it, I didn't feel the drive and to achieve what anything that I that I found in American football. So that's what stuck in my got stuck in my head and kept me going. Now uh, you you've played and you played four years um, in in college in the states. Uh, how was that experience for you being from Sweden? Uh, yeah, it was a it was a interest, interesting experience to be honest. I would say the um, the toughest part about being from Sweden going to college is the process of actually getting into college. I would say if you compare the entire process, the one and a half year it took for me to get the ACT, the the uh, the, the TOEFL test, and all the paperwork going and doing all the the academic prepping. Uh, that was, I would say, as tough as the entire four years in total, uh, both for your mind, because you're still in a position when you struggle with your self-esteem. Maybe am I good enough? Am I way over my head? Like mm-hmm. this, this is the Americans we're talking about. This is not Sweden. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, you, in Sweden, we, we many people might have this idea. At least I did that Americans are really, really good. This is a way different level. This is the founding. The, the founding nation of American football. And yeah. I would be happy if I just don't get killed when I get there. <laughs> and uh, how quickly uh, in being in the States did you realize that you could compete and that you were good enough? Uh, I would say it was, it was during the first camp. Uh, I would say I realized that Americans, like uh, any other people, is just normal people with motivations, drives, uh, struggles, uh, goals, uh, talents, lack of talents, but spirit. I mean, Americans aren't any different than S- Swedish people when it comes to the, those type of things. The, the culture is it's different in many ways, both the American football culture as well as, well as the, the society culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I would say it was the first the first camp that was really an eye opener for me when I realized that if I just put my my mind to it, I I can compete with these guys. Like I I'm used to being smaller and uh, smaller and shorter uh, than than everybody else. So that's not you. I would I was even surprised that in Sweden the old lines, for example, were in average bigger, even bigger than in in college, at least where I was at. So. Oh yeah, most definitely. Yeah, I, I say that now. Like some of the offensive lines and defensive line linemen that I see here in Sweden, I'm just like, Jesus Christ, you guys are massive. Like, <laughs> yeah, just frame wise. But then, of course, yeah. like US, you have some different athleticism in average, maybe in US than in Sweden. But that's a different, uh, different thing. But yeah, that's when I realized in the first camp that I can I can actually compete with these guys because I put everybody on such a high level. I estimated that if I survive camp. I'm gonna stay in, stay in US in US if I survive. Yeah. But then I realize I'm actually really good if I just put my mind to it and I do my preparations. I eat right. I try to sleep and I take care of school. So yeah, for me that was also a really important drive to realize that I have a chance. I can actually do this, uh, and it gave me a motivational boost to continue and aim higher. Did you ever at any point see yourself playing in the NFL? 
uh, never. <laughs> um, I uh, I started my first year in a NIA school uh, mm-hmm. in uh, in Kansas. It was a great facility, a small a small school with a great academic pro- program and uh, great football. And uh, over there, at the end of that season, I became a two, true starting freshman, uh, which was amazing. And that's kind of when I realized that what I'm supposed to do with the, re- my, the rest of my three years of eligibility. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I could do the same thing here, but also NIA, it's uh, it's competitive, yes, but many would also argue that NCAA, which is a different uh, type of federation for the people that uh, aren't that uh, into how the college football society works, um, is more competitive. Maybe some NIA schools are really good, but uh, NCAA is... What division one, two, and three is the the most common thing that people are aiming for. So, I took a chance and transferred to a bigger school, a, a competing N- NIA school named Lindenwood University that uh, was actually really good in NIA, but they were doing a transition into NCAA Division two. After playing them, I realized that they have a great program and a great culture, and uh, I wanted to be part of that. So I contacted the head coach, and and they offered me uh, a scholarship, and I took a chance. I went over there and be a part of their journey into Division Two. Basically, what happened when I got to Lindenwood was they had the um, they had a really really athletic program. Uh, mm-hmm. their, their players were definitely on a different level than uh, what my first school was at. Yeah, and, uh, I realized that. This is when actually I reached my limit when it came to uh, how much I can compensate my lack of size, maybe, and, and speed in certain, because they, they were really focused on having a speedy, uh, aggressive uh, defense and offense, uh, kind of like a Division II level version of Oregon. Okay. So they, were, they were undersized, even for being Division II, but they were extremely quick and fast and explosive. So... That's when I made a strategic move to, to to be able to compete properly. Was that I, had, I converted to fullback instead. Okay. And I gained about uh, forty pounds and decided <laughs> to just use the one skill that I was best at because I did analysis and over myself that I could try to get a number two spot over this and this guy. I was really focused on making sure I did the best of the situation. But then I realized that. I have some fullback experience from U19. <laughs> so when they were like down on the fullbacks and they needed a guy, I I took a chance and I said, I, I want to be that guy. So I became the, the fullback for the team. Awesome. And so that was my my choice. And it was a fun trip, a, a way for me to contribute and actually play football yeah. on the really high level. That's That's really good, man. A lot of people set their goals and aspirations um, above what they uh, realistically can achieve. But I, I think you, you've done a great job of, of finding your way in the sport and then carving out your own path. So NFL or not, uh, you've, had the op- you've had more opportunities than I think most NFL players and stuff would have, which is uh, playing in nine countries, uh, competing in the world championship, uh, competing in European championships, um, you know, uh, winning national titles here in Sweden, uh, six silver medals. So, yeah, and also, uh, college actually provided really good insight for me when it comes to you know how far can you go. You know, I think 
every athlete has this ambition of knowing how far they can go with their with their sport with their talent combined with hard work you know like everybody can reach the sky but the sky is all it's only so high it depends on how much you can combine talent with hard work and i'm really happy to see that i put all i could into football and I know what my peak were and it was there in college and I'm really happy for that because then I know how far how far this sport could take me and everything after that was more of more or less different type of experience uh, but it wasn't the same level ever again you you could say it was still a high level of football in Europe but it was never the same you know after that but it's, it's still something that I'm grateful for experiencing and knowing that I did everything I could, and this is how far I'm going to go. To see a, a player of your caliber here in Europe and the kind of grit that you play with, uh, what has been your thing that kept you humble in this sport? I would say it's the, it's, a, it's, it's the realization that there is something bigger than football. I do love football. When I was in college, I can honestly say I played for myself in many ways. The team was always there, but... It was always my ambitions that were ruling over myself. Uh, I mean, over what I did and was the decision maker in everything I did. And But what really kept me going after that was something that was bigger than football for me, which was kind of like the football family and the people I met and how much energy football has been giving me after that athletic peak that I think college actually made. But it actually made me happy to be a part of football in in Europe and in Sweden, in the national team. And I put yeah. a lot of pride in that and something that's been a part of me for many years. And I'm really proud of calling myself being a part of the process. So aside from your football family, your actual family is very, very heavily involved in, in football. <laughs> and and uh, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, in, back in before the 2021 season, I, uh, I went to a couple of practices uh, with the Black Knights. One of the first things I noticed about you is that you had your family's name uh, written on your cleats. We kind of had a moment because I, I write my family's names uh, on my shoulder pads. So kind of uh, how important is your actual family to you and to the sport? Yeah, that's uh, something that I can also say it's I'm really proud of when it comes to Black Knights that I've been heavily involved in and is that my dad is one of the fun, founding fathers of the club, so it's natural that he's involved. But also, I play with my brother, and my other brother is a, is active as a, as a team manager. And my entire family, my sisters and my mom and everybody is watching every game and in the national team. They're traveling along the world and watching me play both college and, and all, all over Europe. Uh, so no matter where I've gone, my family has always been with me, my actual family. So for me, it's uh, the difference between being uh, with my family and football is, is really, really small. They kind of go in together. Football, football has just been the activity that we as a family are doing together, kind of. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's been an amazing experience that I'm really proud of, which also kept me going for so many years, I would say. Uh, how much of football in itself is, is tied into your identity? Or have you, in later years, kind of worked to establish yourself outside of the game? You know, that, that's a process that I think many athletes, not only football players, are struggling with. Like the, higher, uh, the, the higher you're involved in your sport, the, the harder it is to, 
to quit or to see yourself as, as something else than than football i would say the first i've been struggling with ideas of not being a football player since college really uh, after the peak but then i have to find or have found different reasons to keep playing but when it comes to identity football is is a great part of my identity and i would say the next it's been a process of handling that to 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 move my football identity away from other things like uh, just being me and also being uh, building the the career i have in my job in my job career and and other things is it's a it's a process that i've been struggle with since just 2014 so i would say slowly slowly a part of me is not i would say quit football but moving away from being football to something else so i would uh, i understand the struggle that many athletes have when and, and the crisis that they might experience after ending football it's a it is a struggle and i think it's worth mentioning there is a saying that an athlete dies twice. Mm-hmm. The first time when when you end your sport, the or the several sports that that gives you an ent- identity, something you probably have been investing your entire heart in for your entire life, as far as you know. And when that happens, a part of, it feels like a part of you is dying. And I think that that's something that needs to be needs to talk about more often. That uh, athletes are struggling with what's happening after football. And so that's something that I, that I'm struggling with partially, but I feel like I got great support of my family. Like I said, uh, they're still a part of the part of, uh, part of me and part of the process. And I think a, a great solution for me is to stay with football and still being a part of the sport, even though I've decided not to play anymore. Gotcha. Yeah. That, that was going to be one of my questions. I was going to say, even though you've, You've stopped playing the sport. Um, what will your involvement be going forward uh, with football? I have a, I have full ambitions of both coaching, uh, how much and where and what. It's not fully decided yet, but I want to be involved in Black Knights. Black Knights is the closest thing to my heart. I have no ambition of changing that. And, uh, and how much time and effort I can put into it, this all depends on how much time. Historically, it's been something that's been pro- number one priority on my list and with me quitting has also been giving me opportunity to actually prioritizing other activities in life like uh, for example i'm i'm uh, trying to get my hunting license and get those <laughs> activities <laughs> up, up and going something that i haven't been prioritizing for many years and other things and then i'm gonna try to give give a little more yeah, get a chance in my life to to do to be honest let's talk about how exciting and how nerve-wracking that first hour of football was for you the first hour of football way back yeah uh the first hour of football i remember i was with my uh, hockey team we were one of those you know uh, tryout days up in the mountains here outside of orbro there was a bunch of different sports there uh the year was 2003 they had this you know diamond drill stand you know when you do diamond tackle yeah yeah and uh, they're lending out pads and pads and helmets and uh you know all the hockey players in my team was obviously really cocky you know they're 
being hockey players in Sweden was a really big deal, you know, <laughs> being macho and all this. So we had a little competition set up and see who could like tackling who the hardest. And me being a goalie, well, many people didn't think that I was much of competition, but we we had a great time and we just keep hitting each other to see who, who was quitting first. And and I, I was ending up winning. And for me, that was my first boost of like self-esteem in football. And I and I find my true self there and then straight away, which was hitting people or smell up. Yeah. <laughs> which was the one thing that I loved the most about football is just hitting people. Like carrying the ball, catching the ball, or interest in the ball is way second or third even for me. What's really enjoyable for me is to hitting somebody really hard and so I kind of found football there and then straight away. Awesome. That was my first memory of football and I have it until today. Let's fast forward. How sad was your, your last hour or your final hour in football? Uh, my, my final hour in football was empty, in the, but in the way that I thought it would feel worse in that specific moment. Mm-hmm. But also, I would say psychologically, for my body, my brain, it was it's a hard thing to digest that this is the last time on the organized football game I'm gonna wear pads. Mm-hmm. Like you, my brain, I don't think could comprehend that. Uh, to be honest, it's more of a realization now for the first time ever since 2007. I'm not playing in the national team, for example. Yeah. So the first realization was when they were calling to camps and I saw pictures of uh, friends and uh, t- former teammates playing and having a camp together. And for me, that was super weird realizing that I'm not there wearing pads and practicing with them right now. So it's kind of like coming to you st- in steps when you yeah. realize that, uh, that, you, that you're actually been quitting. You know, it's a process that you have to respect and and handle. And it's it's not easy for something you've done for so many years and just realize that you're not doing it anymore. You have to understand and, and realize for yourself and respect that process. I would say, but yeah, it's a it's a struggle until until this day even, and, and probably will be for a long time that I'm not playing anymore. You know, your muscle memory is isn't fading as much as much as your as your ability or as your uh, as your uh, common sense to be honest so uh now that you've kind of you know are are going through the process of, of dealing with your retirement uh do you feel as though you've achieved all that you've wanted to achieve in this sport and do you feel like you've gotten out of all the hard work that you put into football, do you think you've gotten everything back from the game in return? Yes, I would definitely say. And that's also one of the biggest contributors for me to quit. I I know I could probably just be a participant, even though I would probably then struggle with realize that I'm on, on a decline, you know, as they yeah. say for people on the end of career, I'm getting a little slower, a little <laughs> sore for every year, and I can't work as hard, you know, it's, it's a struggling of being on the decline. And I've been for at least a couple of years now. And it's a mental struggle as well. Just your body can't really keep up with your brain and what you want it, want it to do anymore. So your body kind of forces you to make those decisions. But yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a struggle. I don't know how my, my final hours are going to be spent in the game. 
but just kind of hearing you go through the process is uh is giving me a lot to think about yeah and i would say i mean you know a lot of people is going to keep telling you the truths about your life and your body and your soul and yeah. uh, a lot of people have opinions i've realized throughout the years about when you're supposedly supposed to be done mm-hmm. uh, and when you're over when you're pushing your body too much, when you're supposed to quit, when you're supposed to do other things, when you're supposed to grow up and whatever their reasonings are for their, you know, the tips and advices. I, I would say the most important thing is, is just feeling your heart and what, what you want to do. And especially what I started this podcast saying is that what, what, what are you ready to give up? Like, look at Tom Brady. He's, he's a little old above you <laughs> and me. And yeah, people will argue that, but yeah, his position is different when this and that. And But really what it comes down to is that are you really to sacrifice what is needed to make sure that you can keep doing what you're doing? As long as you are ready to do the work, doesn't matter how much you decline or increase because guess what? Also, you gain experience and the experience you have and the reps the thousands of reps that you have done and the scenarios you have seen, you could probably compensate in other ways, you know, maybe not in speed, but being at the right place at the right time, having good hands and so yeah. on. There's always things. Your body, and your, your body and your mind is amazing of finding solutions, but it's all come down to you and your will to do the work and sacrifice what's needed. And that's kind of what I realized why I'm quitting. It's not that I... For, just started to hate football i still love football but i just realized there is other things i want to do even though it hurts even for me to realize for myself that i'm not ready to do the work that demands the, that is demanded for me to reach to the next level that i would then have to do so that's why i decided to quit and put my m- mind and my soul and my hard work into other things like the struggle never ends, you know, the, the athlete never leaves you. It's just, uh, it just takes new shapes. That's yeah. how I try to see it. I'm still an athlete because the, the athlete never leaves me. I just do and keep the same mentality and other things and aspects of my life. I think for everybody who, who is going to listen to this episode, I think that's a very important thing for them to understand. As long as you put your mind and your heart into other aspects in life, um, you can always be successful and, and achieve anything that you, you want. Out of all the things that you've accomplished over your 21 seasons, what has been your greatest uh, accomplishment? Uh, I would say winning the Swedish championship for the Black Knights. Uh, like that, I would say for many reasons. Uh, first of all, it's been the first ever for the for the club on the men's uh, senior level. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also after, I think it's, six silvers for the men's team uh at least for me i have i have five if i remember right silvers for the black knights men's team we've been so close yeah so many years but still it felt it felt so far away so getting that goal especially due to all those silvers was the act was the the climax of my career i would say that was the best feeling ever see the happiness of everybody that has been part of this club throughout the years, not only the players, but everybody else. And, you know, the, the ex players that was at the game and the tears in their eyes and everybody's contributing, making sure that we actually 
finally got there. And I would say of all things, that was the most experiencing and amazing thing that ever happened to me. How much more rewarding was that moment in the fact that you got to share it with your dad and your younger brother? I know a lot of people talk about family, but like I said, for me, family football has been kind of, it's really close to each other uh, with with my entire family being involved one way or another. So for me, that was an amazing experience to to do. It's really hard to put words to how it feels like to to do something like that. And it's a, it's a, it's a pride that I'm going to, I'm going to keep with me for the rest of my life. And instead of focusing on me not playing football anymore, I'm going to try to remember football for what it was for me. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a great, a great chapter of my life. And, something that I'm really proud of. Uh, and I, I'm not going to be scared of taking those memories up and look at them from time to time and and realize what I've been experiencing and with all the people that I've been doing it with. Uh, but also, don't let it stop me for developing into my next chapter and stagnate. But instead of look at it and realizing that was then and this is now and now it's time for new goals, you know? Yeah. We, we develop or we die. If you can give anybody in this game any advice or or a quote or anything that you've learned from over the years, uh, what would that be? It's something. I, it's probably one of the best things I learned from my dad. It's a really simple rule that never quit, always replace, because it it makes everything so much simpler. You know, like it probably when I end college, at least five times a day, Sundays. You know, yeah. <laughs> because it was you know <laughs> struggle or you know, you know the routines and everything, but. Then I realized, so what do I want to what do I want to do instead? Well then I realized, well, I just want to quit because it's a fucking pain in the ass. Well, <laughs> then I don't quit because I'm not a quitter. Yeah. If I want to do something else, then I can live with myself that I do that instead because I'm driven with my goals, but not with not by my fears. That's awesome. That is that's it's, that's, a, it's a it's a super easy rule, but yeah. A lot of yeah, it's a it's it's simple. But a lot of people can't do that, and a lot of people will rather quit than, than yeah to replace. Yeah, exactly. So, but that, but that way, psychologically, you feel like you're in control. You, you're the master of your own destiny, and your your life is just adventures of the choices you make instead of you being a victim of the things that happens around you. It's helped me a lot, even though if, everybody has struggles. You know, everybody herself have. You know, are self-aware some days and feel like they're not up to it or they're not good enough. And but it's all come down to how you handle it. Like character is only based on the things you act on. So yeah, it is. And uh, going forward, I think I'm gonna start to implement that rule a lot more in my in my household as my kids are getting older. So. Yeah, it's, it's it's amazing. Like I hated it when I was little, and but the more I thought about it and and applied to to my life, it doesn't matter what. What topic or subject the more help me that concludes another episode of the lost in the game podcast if this was your first episode or you've been with us since the very first episode please make sure you're following us on instagram at lost in the game podcast to stay up to date as always i'm your host antoine and until next time peace Love. They didn't believe in us